You're listening to the Just Giants Podcast with Grump and the Cranky Fan. Be sure to listen for free on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and Podbean. Welcome back to Just Giants with Grump and the Cranky Fan, the best damn podcast for the best damn football team. I am your host, the football grump, and with me as always is Mike the Cranky Fan. What's going on, Mike? Grump, this is probably the worst night of the year because there's nothing going on. You know, it's that first weekend where there's no more football. You know, we had the All-Star game last night for basketball. You know, hockey is in that period. They thought they'd be in the Olympics, so there's no hockey. I had to sit around and watch TV shows today sucked i miss sports come back did you catch up on anything good i caught up on billions and uh that show is probably past its prime but uh i've never watched billions it's it's all right you know it's just it's getting into year seven and it's kind of starting to repeat itself a little and uh i don't know it's at that part it's that part of the series cycle where they just drop in celebrities just because they want to have a cameo on it yeah keep keep it relevant exactly well i mean that's kind of a pessimistic way to look at it because to me this is the start of the 22 league year um march 16th is the official start with free agency that's coming up pretty soon literally next week march 1st is the beginning of the combine stuff um and then free agency they have that weird like two-day what is it like two-day tampering period or whatever that starts mm-hmm. on like march 14th and then the off-season workouts they start the very beginning of april for the giants any team that has a new head coach starts their off-season workouts at the beginning of april i think the fourth and grumpy um, you, you mentioned the combine uh there was some concern that the combine would be either canceled or severely you know limited in participation because of that bubble thing but apparently the uh the nfl got rid of the bubble oh did they that's that's like today news yes it is so everybody will be fully representation by all the you know all the agents and everything so just another little aggravation that uh was resolved yeah um and and i think it was like in in a certain sense justified right uh they were they were essentially like you're not going to be able to showcase yourself in this bubble very well just to skip it and go to the pro day that's our best recommendation so Real the quick, nfl kind of caved i don't want to get into a whole combine discussion but really quickly we can though this is all this is that's what this episode is about it's about I guess the league so. year in the start got, so hit me with your combine time. shit man uh combine do you feel that overall the combine helps or hurts the majority of the uh you know the prospects coming in in my opinion most of the takeaways i get from the combine are negatives but they're not negatives that i wouldn't otherwise get from pro days so like a lot of the negatives are things like, and they can be positives too like measurables right i don't trust a single college website with guys measurables. their height weight they're off by six inches <laughs> 30 pounds i mean and there are some it's, you read the thing you're like yeah he's six three because he looks shorter than me that doesn't make any sense so you know it's a lie so the, to me the measurables are a thing that comes in and it can help or hurt somebody in my opinion right they can they can validate that they put on weight and you know that's what i want to see i want to see that number perfect great and these guys do that um but it can hurt because now i found out your real height yeah you're five eight you know what I mean? But that's still going to happen at the pro day. And if right. they choose not to weigh in or measure in at their pro day, because they can choose, I guess, whatever they want. I don't think I've ever seen someone not, I don't know, whatever. But if they choose to opt out of any of that stuff, that's the same thing as pleading the fifth. It's almost like admission by by omission. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but, you know, certain guys can improve their draft stock with looking a little better. But most people take away that, Guys who blow the combine out of the water, we don't really care for the most part. You know, guys like Byron Jones, like, destroyed the combine. He's an average corner. You know what I mean? Like, the combine, most of the, the positive results, most of them are things that we can write off as training for the combine. Uh, 
But see, if they go to the combine and they don't perform, it's definitely written as a negative. He didn't prepare. You know what I mean? Right, so right. I, I think – but you know, there's other things we're not talking about here. There's the in-person interviews. Those are huge and players can totally help. It's just I have no insight into that. So I can't say shit about that. So I think the combine's important. I think fans maybe take too much stock in it because they get excited about 40 numbers, you know, highlight things, you know, especially like bench press reps 40 times is like a big one. Uh, stuff like that. It can get overblown, but it has a purpose. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. That's my opinion. Pro days, I you know, I take I like the senior bowl a lot. I think the senior bowl shows a lot of cool stuff. Um, well, I just think that practice time when you're actually you're doing real reps against real competition, you know, sure, yeah. as opposed to running around in your underwear, which you don't do on a real game. So, yeah, how many times has anyone run in a straight line in the NFL? And at the end of the day, does it really no matter? Receiver did last year. <laughs> does it really matter if somebody can catch them or not? I mean, either it's a fifty-yard play or it's a sixty-yard touchdown. Right. Yeah, how how often is that really the the make it or break it those last ten yards? I, I don't know. Whatever, it doesn't matter. The combine is mostly silly, but it has its moments and it has its purposes. Um, the most important thing here is that the Giants are currently roughly ten to eleven million dollars over the adjusted cap, which is something like two hundred and eight million dollars. Um, none of these numbers are clear. I'm going to state that as like a broad thing. These are mostly estimate. In fact, they're entirely estimations, and they're taken from different sources. Um, as far as I know, nobody has a completely perfect, accurate cap number. Or any of these contract numbers, it's mostly estimations. So we're we're speaking in that way. You know, anytime and it's I mention probably a number, in each team's best interest, not to have that official information out there either. You know, but I don't even think that people know the official cap number. Like, I don't think they ever know it, know it until it's announced by the NFL. It's just assumed and... But I would think, though, from a strategic standpoint, like, if you're the Giants, you may not want other teams knowing exactly what your number is. Sure. Thinking about, you know, if they want to try to sign this free agent or or whatnot. And in in these days of, like, cap magicianship, um, I think there's there's ways of wizarding your way around, you know, uh, a dead end. As we've kind of seen, um, well, we're going to need the Wizard of Oz with this team because, <laughs> well, hopefully, we well, don't. Well, here's we don't the thing. Here's the thing. They really don't. If they need to just float by this season, they don't need to do much. I mean, they have to get the ten to eleven to get under the cap, and then they have to get the cap to sign their draft picks. They really only need like I don't know, somewhere well, around twenty to twenty-five million dollars worth cleared. That's not a ton, but it was Joe Shane himself that said that he needs to clear about forty. Now, where that number comes from, I don't know. He also said we have eleven draft picks. No yeah, one could ever. If we just want to float along, sure. But I think you know these guys were brought into. Well, it's, it's this time roster. to sever heads, right? I mean, right. I mean. They are not Dave Gettleman, and I don't mean this as like a, a cheap shot, but like when he came in, he did not sever heads. I mean, there were a couple of moves made, trades to dump guys from contracts, but even in the same situation, he didn't do too much. That was uh, insane. Um, this looks a little close to insane. This is a lot. To get $40 million, this was a tough task, and that's what we tried to do was to try and Set up this offseason because the only way that you're going to clear about $40 million with this team is to create roster holes. And once you do that, that dictates kind of how you have to set up your draft this year and how you have to attack free agency this year. Now, like I said, $40 million gets them way under the cap where they'll be able to sign free agents this year. So that doesn't mean that these are the end-all, be-all. This is the roster and the draft. They'll have some wiggle room a little bit. But, um, I mean, I wouldn't expect a JC Jackson to be signing here or anything like that. Um, especially if you have anything to say about it. No, no. He's not <laughs> my That's for sure. Um, but we both, so what we both tried to do was try to see what guys would get cut, what moves could be made to get this team under $40 million. And I am not very good at this. I'm going to admit that right from the start. I'm not very knowledgeable about the cap. You're a little bit better at this. So why don't you take us away and we'll just kind of go through the moves as we go. Yeah. Um, before we get started, uh, a couple assumptions that I made um, as I went through this exercise. The first one, and probably the most important one, is I don't care what our record is in 2022. Um, you know, we 
it, I had a six-point plan of how I would build this franchise, and one of the points was setting a realistic timeline of when this team would be really to be ready to be contention for the playoffs and be in contention to be a Super Bowl contender. We're nowhere near either. We're not going to be a playoff team next year. We probably have to take a step back before we go a step forward. I know a lot of Giant fans, that's the last thing they want to hear. So don't hang up and don't hit the stop button right now when you hear that. But I, you know, if you're going to do this rebuild right, we need to really break this thing down and start over. So to me, if some of the cuts I make don't seem popular or like, oh, my God, what are we going to do about this position? I don't care. You know, you can find replacement level guys to get in fill holes. If this team goes, you know, two and 15 next year, you know something in the grand scheme of the rebuild, that may not be the worst thing in the world um, based on if some things that we'll talk about kind of fall the right way or not. So um, the big thing is I don't care what the record is next year. I'm willing, you know, everybody, everybody's on the same page. Everybody's in the same timeline. Everybody's starting right now. So there's no hot seats to worry about anything. Start the rebuild. Second thing, I don't care about faces of franchises. I know a lot of people think that's a big deal and it's important that, you know, and I'm not singling out Saquon Barkley, but, you know, oh, you can't get rid of him. He's the guy that you advertise around. And that's the one where people buy jerseys. That means nothing to me. You know what the face of the franchise for me is? When you walk into MetLife and you see that big banner with the the four Super Bowl trophies, that's the face of the franchise. And I want to add a fifth to that. So there may be some moves I make that may not be popular because people are, you know, guys are popular guys. They did well in the past. Their names doesn't matter to me. We're, we're, there's a new administration. I'm the new GM right now. I'm cutting bait for guys. I think in the best long-term interest. Um, I love this. This is, this is cranky fan in, in his zone. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, a couple other assumptions that, you know, will make more sense as we go along. I'm assuming in this plan, I'm not picking up Daniel Jones' fifth year. I know that doesn't really impact immediately me getting down to the $40 million, but it is, you know, a factor in how I'm building for the next year. Um, I'm also, in my mind, not re-signing Barkley after this year. Uh, I'm looking to trade him if I can. That has nothing, again, based on his cap savings, which would be zero for cutting him right now. has nothing to do with that. But I'm thinking of these cuts as part of a bigger picture of a rebuild. Um, and I'm also not necessarily worried about market value for Barkley. Um, you know, everybody's like, well, if, if you're going to trade Barkley, you better get, you know, three number twos and this number two. You know, if you're cutting some of these guys, some people on the list, guys like Bradbury, who people want cut, you're getting no market value in return for them. So I think the same principle applies for me for Barkley. And I don't want to make this a Barkley conversation because we've gone through this several times. And, you know, I like Saquon Barkley, but to me, Barkley is not the future of this team. And he's also not the Barkley he was when he was a rookie. So I'm not as overly concerned about maximizing my return for him. But again, that's going off on a tangent away from this exercise in getting down to 40 million. All right. So let's do this really quickly. Um, going position by position, what I would do. Hit me with it. Okay. First of all, quarterback. Sorry guys. I'm not cutting Daniel Jones. <laughs> <laughs> the cap savings is only 200,000. Uh, everybody has stated on the record that they want to give a year of evaluation for Daniel Jones. I am in complete agreement. You know, it's, we've gone through that a hundred times with Daniel Jones. The bottom line is he'll be here next year. Um, I thought about, you know, we signed Davis Webb already yes. uh, for next year. And that's, if they were to cut him, they decided, ah, forget it. I want to get to 40 million. That's $895,000 cap savings if you do it right now. But you know something? It's kind of like using your credit card for 2022 already. I'm looking at that as money that's been spent. We're going to leave him on the roster for right now. Well, yeah, and his his role also, he was brought in this year, and he's going to be the Alex Tanny role, the in-the-quarterback-room coach. And he's he's already said, like, I want to be a coach. I'm going to be a coach. And, and <laughs> I guess Brian Dable believes in him as being a coach. Apparently he had that role in Buffalo already. Uh, I guess he was impressive at it, and so that's that's why he's here. He's not 
really backing up Daniel Jones any more than Alex Tane did where he threw one pass and, and handed off every other time. And I'm going to be honest, like I said in the preamble to this, if Daniel Jones is out for 10 weeks and Davis Webb has to be the quarterback and we are 2-8 and eight in those games, I'm okay with that. I am sure. looking at the draft next year. You know something? If Daniel Jones is out for 10 games and Davis Webb has to placehold, he's placeholding for the guy we are drafting with one of the highest picks in the draft next year. So I'm 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 leaving. I'm not cutting any quarterbacks. Running back. This may be a surprise because I haven't heard one other person say this, but I'm cutting. I'm cutting Booker. Yeah, me too. Yeah, two point one million uh, cap savings. He did a great job last year for the role he was asked to do, filling in for Barkley while he was, you know, coming back from the injury, the games that Barkley didn't play. But let's be blunt. He's average. He's 30 years old. He's not part of the future. If, you know, we're using this year, we're going to try to squeeze as much orange juice as we can out of the Barkley orange. You know, if Barkley plays, which we all hope he will, playing at a high level, you know, we only need a, a, a quarterback to spell him every once in a while. If Barkley goes down, you know, we still have, you know, Gary Brightwell on the roster. They just signed in Tony Williams. And I think that's the key, really. Yeah. You know, we have we can get by if we have to. And again, if, falls, if Barkley is out for an extended period again or he's just not good, uh, I'm looking at 2023 anyway. So to me, I don't see the need for spending – you know, over $2 million for, you know, a guy like Booker. Well, here's the thing. Let's talk about Booker for a moment. There's nothing wrong with him making that money. Uh, I think he's an average running back making right. pretty average skill position. I mean, that's that's not much money. Um, I'm I think trying to get to $40 million. I think, and, and I think he – yeah, and I th- he is the definition of a cap casualty. He is literally mm-hmm. only being cut because of his cap number, and it's not even much. Um, just because he's not making $20 million does not mean he's not a cap casualty. He is, he played perfectly well. It's not that he doesn't deserve the contract he has. It's not like he's overpaid. It's just simply that we can't afford a veteran average running back. We can't if, afford a veteran running back. We need people on rookie deals or like replacement level. Antonio Williams is only like two years away from being drafted. We are officially in a rebuild. We are not in a faux rebuild. We are not in a... I'm only half pregnant rebuild like we have it in the past. This is a full rebuild. At least and it seems gu- that way, yeah. And guys that are not part of the future that are making, you know, a decent chunk of change relative to what their role is are not going to be here anymore according to me. Now we'll see what that's what, you know, Joe Shane and company thinks as well, but he's he's a cap casualty for me. I'm I'm keeping track on my calculator here, 2.1. Let's go. Okay. Um, fullbacks, we don't have a fullback right now that's under contract, so mm-hmm. we're not cutting anybody. Um, and we'll and we have the next two months to talk about how we're going to replace these people that we sure. have. So today is just an exercise in getting that number down. So and, before, and by the way, the next like twelve episodes that we're doing is yeah. all draft talk, and it's position by position. So yeah, we so, will get back to all of this. This is so, a preamble. So on the comments or on Twitter at the Cranky Fan, don't bust my balls. Like, what are you going to do about him? <laughs> no, you can bust his balls. We yeah, can bust my balls about a lot of things, but I, I get it. Okay, <laughs> bust my balls about the Knicks. You know, go ahead. All right, moving uh, on. Uh, okay. Well, I mean, the obvious one is Sterling Shepard. That's mm-hmm. four and a half million off the cap. He's coming off major surgery. Um, nice guy. He's been with the team a long time, but there's he's not part of the future. I, I, and it's also it's just the right time in his contract. I mean, there's a there's a written out dead year. If he hadn't gotten hurt at the end of the year, we'd all, we'd still be talking about this being a potential thing anyway. The added injury at the end of the year, which I believe was either torn or ruptured Achilles. I mean, that's something that I don't know how he's going to return from ever in his career for starters and for the immediate future next year. There's no reason not to cut him. I know right. I would love to have the the Sterling Shepard that went into this year. Because he looked fucking good, I would love to have him on the team next year. But I don't know that that's what I'm getting, and I it's, it's exactly just a cost I don't have. And you're going to see that as a common theme with me of I don't know yeah. what I'm getting, and we're not in the position of spending money right now for not sure things. Mm-hmm. We're not gambling from this stuff. Um, the second receiver that's gone is Darius Slayton. 
That's two, another two and a half million off, off the cap right there. Never been a big Darius Slayton fan. The guy to me comes up small when, when he's had the opportunity to show himself and to be in a big spot. He comes up small. Um, another cap casually where for the money is not that horrible, but in our situation, we are trying to do our best to keep assets that really will impact us. So these guys on the margins, and let's face it, Darius Slayton is, what is he really? A three receiver? Yeah, Darius Slayton to me is a, a guy who has a skill set. He might even have a market value. So he might be someone that you might be able to turn into some kind of trade. Uh, I don't know for sure, but he might. I mean, he has a skill set. But like you said, he always scores those touchdowns on 40-yard bombs and 25-yard and, and throws. They're always on like the opening drive or in the first half. Mm-hmm. And it's the fourth quarter, and we're throwing bombs downfield, and he's open he comes up small or at least i have lots of memories of thinking man if only slayton had caught that that game wouldn't have gotten away from us i have enough memories of that to say that i don't think he does anything that he can't be obtained somewhere else and one of the draws to keeping darius slayton over the years even though he is just like a three or whatever is that he was cheap our relative term for cheap has now changed exactly and and you know he's also somebody that we're not really sure is he even worth resigning probably not so cutting bait now is not insane i i do like darius slayton not as much as i like Sterling shepherd or anything like that but i i would like to have him but again we are not at the point now where we should be taking luxuries and <laughs> for his credit what is the fifth round sixth round pick whatever i think he's performed above expectations for that um, and uh, I think fifth that, round pick, yeah, yeah, he, he'll he'll play somewhere else next year, I think. Mm-hmm. And the other guy I would cut would be Colin Johnson, eight hundred ninety-five thousand dollars. Again, we are a million. Re- yeah, I mean, we are really going to the bone with this because again, you'll see where it makes more sense as we go down the list. But that's eight hundred ninety-five thousand eight hundred ninety-five thousand dollars of productivity that we really don't get. So he goes. Um. Tight ends. Kyle Rudolph, five million dollars. Is that five or his cap savings is five yes, million? It's five. Yeah. Yeah. And Caden Smith. Okay. Two All and right. a half million. We're doing some interesting stuff right now. We're off doing some that. interesting stuff here. You could see that I am setting up a theme here that I'm not as concerned about the offense is kind of reverse thinking that you would think as much as maybe I am for defense down the line so a little bit of a tease for later but uh i understand that i know i know that leaves us with jake houseman is the only tight end on the roster after that but i think for one year it's one of those things where again i don't care what our record is this year we get we just get some replacement level guys just to get through this year and then we we know also i'm going to talk when i'm done with this about my um my free agents and draft priority list. Hmm. Um, I have tight end as considered a placeholder level replacement. Where right. I'm not. So, like I said before, just because you know it, there's a visual aid. If you guys are viewing on YouTube right there, expiring contracts are in red, current contracts are in white. So you can see what the cranky fan did there by eliminating Kyle Rudolph and Caden Smith. That left us with just Jake Hausman right there. But that doesn't mean, like I said, clearing forty million. That number is arbitrary, and it's way mm-hmm. more than what's needed to just survive. Yeah. So that leaves room to replace some of the guys you have to cut. Right. You can. I mean, we're not going to start guys this, for cheaper. Yeah. We're not going to start the season by saying, "Look at us. We have a big bag of forty million dollars that we're not spending." I mean, we're not. We're not the Bengals. Mm-hmm. You know. I mean, so this is just trying to getting us down to that number. So again, don't freak out when you see there's no tight ends right now. Oh. Right, and, and and when you when you see you know between Kyle Rudolph and Caden Smith is ten million dollars being spent, um, you can probably get two guys for seven million dollars to do those two jobs. Mm-hmm. You know, right. so I mean that's kind of the thinking here is that the forty million is is more than necessary so that things like this you can do without actually leaving yourself with just Jake Houseman in the draft. Mm-hmm. Uh, offensive line. You know, that's the biggest need on this team, but that doesn't mean that we don't cut where we can here um, so we can rebuild this offensive line. Uh, Matt Parrott, he's got to go. <laughs> nice. I'm not the only one who did it. $770,000 cap savings. <laughs> I mean, 
That's a million bucks to me. I'm rounding up, man. I'm sorry. I, I, Listen, seven hundred seventy thousand dollars is basically eight hundred thousand, which is more than three quarters of a million. So it's a million. That's how it's, I view it. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay. I mean, to me, another luxury. If we had a pretty good offensive line right now, I'd want to keep him continuous development. But quite frankly, we don't. We can't afford to keep him around and keep developing from when we saw a guy who couldn't beat out Nate Solder last year. So for, to me, I'm cutting bait. I'm starting over again. Um, Wes Martin's the other guy who I'm cutting $965,000 cup, uh, cap savings for that. So I'm saving 1.6 with those two guys right there. The offensive line of the future is not on this roster yet. I'm expecting, and I have this as, you know, high level free agent slash draft need offensive line. I think uh, we will we'll get replacement level guys through you know through the through the draft. Guys are better than these guys at lower cost also. Um, so that's your whole offense, right? That's everyone that you're cutting that gets right, you so, down to something like nineteen point six has been saved. So right now I have saved. Uh, Somewhere around that, right? You're pretty close to 20 You're almost halfway. I'm almost halfway. So now let's get Whoa! to the defense. All right, good. Defense. <laughs> uh, you're living on a prayer. Halfway there. Anyway, good. Holy Jesus Christ. Every okay. time I hear someone say halfway there, it's the first thing I think of. I don't know how anyone could not think <laughs> that. I don't even like that song. It's just. You know, there were bad Bon Jovi puns in tonight's Billions. I don't need them on this program either. Oh. Jeez, so. I'm so sorry you watched a bad TV show. <laughs> and then had to do one. <laughs> Go on. Defense. Um, defensive line, we're not touching anybody because there's no cap savings to be made from anyone. And if Kind of, yeah. And if we cut Leonard Williams, we'd be $8.3 million in the hole. So there's no reason to cut him. Yeah, there's three guys that are untouchable in that their cap hits, I, or their dead cap, I think, is higher than their cap hit. Mm-hmm. And it's Leonard Williams, Adoree Jackson, and I think Kenny Galladay are the three. Aziz Ozilari also. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, but that's a rookie contract. That's yeah, yeah, how they're yeah. structured, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so let's go to outside linebackers. O'Shane Zimenez, $995,000. Cut. million bucks right there. Give me Yeah. That. Trent Harris, $965,000. Another Cut. million bucks right there. Yeah. So um, everybody else stays, but those two guys again for the production we get, those are cuts that can uh, we can we can easily take care of. Mm-hmm. Um, I have linebacker as a high level priority for free agency and the draft. Also, by the way, but I mean, and and that was already the case, especially outside mm-hmm. linebacker that that edge position. I mean. The thing is, is that cutting neither of these guys, this is, we're probably one of the weakest teams in the league at edge rusher and cutting two guys, one of which I is probably considered a borderline starter with O'Shane Zimenez, cutting mm-hmm. those two guys doesn't actually even impact our, 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 the strength of it. I mean, neither one, I mean, and Trent Harris might even be better than him. And he yeah. was like a, an undrafted free agent or something like that. Uh, I, it, it this weak position group is so weak that actually subtraction here is really addition. This is mm-hmm. a chance for us to grow and get better. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we're talking about inside linebackers, TJ Brunson at eight hundred and seventy-four thousand, and Blake Martinez at eight point five million. Yeah, I thought long and hard about this one. I was trying to make it really work, but at the end of the day, major surgery. I can't. You know, we're trying to minimize risk. We need every one of these roster spots to be efficient with the resources we're paying for them. And eight and a half is a lot of money from a guy coming back from major surgery. And, you know, something, it might take this whole, it, it might be another situation like Saquon Barkley where it takes him a whole year to kind of play his way back into being even a shell of what he was before. Mm. And his contract ends after next year. So what are you doing? You're paying yeah, the guy. You're, you're paying, paying the guy, guy for his rehab dollars to audition for his next contract somewhere yeah, he's, else. He's essentially just rehabbing for money. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, I, I'm right there with you, and I would love to have Blake Martinez here. But but I'm a big guy. So, like, let's just pretend that last year was a successful year and this team is returning. Whatever. Forget the coaching situation. Let's just say that they lost in the wild card round last year and it was an improvement. I'd still be looking to upgrade the inside linebacker position because Blake Martinez is only here for two more years anyway. So this was a spot that I already wanted to invest in. I mean, Tay Crowder is not going to cut it. I mean, he is... He's well, growing and learning, but he's not even really a good number two inside linebacker. They needed talent in here anyway. Well, think about this. I'm, I'm looking at, you know, everybody gets on the roster right now. Seventh round pick, seventh round pick, sixth round pick, mm-hmm. waivers, seventh round pick. Those, you know, one of the big things people talk about in college is, you know, do stars matter? Yeah. Are you a five star or a four star? There is, you know, it's been graphed. You can see the odds of a guy making it to the NFL and the odds of that guy becoming an all-pro. If you're a five-star, it's much higher than you're a four-star, than you're a three-star, whatever. The odds of you being an all-pro versus a starter versus making your your second contract are much, much higher when you're a first-round pick versus a second-round versus a third. Doesn't mean it doesn't happen. It's just the odds are more likely in we're looking at a room right now where, you know, if, if we're getting rid of Blake Martinez, the highest guy is a six-round draft pick. So th- mm. this room has to be upgraded regardless to your point. Exactly. I mean, th- this was something that already needed to happen. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the injury, too, you, you get the fact that he may be playing at a fourth-round pick layer player level. You know what I mean? Like you're not even getting the same guy anyway probably so yeah to me the injury just sealed what i was already investing in just means that i'm investing heavily into it and this was a decision that i made last year during the bye week you know what i mean so i'm right there with you it sucks but it's i the injury makes you have to make that decision at this point right cornerbacks i made the decision i'm keeping james bradbury you're doing a pretty admirable job so far making it work you're at 31.1-ish. Yeah. I mean, to me, I think the way this defense is going to be, with the super aggressiveness of Wink Martindale, you have to have quality in the back end. And, I, you know, it's one thing to say, well, we're going to try to wing it with replacement-level tight ends, maybe replacement-level running backs. But if we have replacement-level quality in the back end in, the, in your corners, they could lose every game 70 to 10 you know especially what we're trying to do so i i think that that's where i'm keeping the luxury i'm keeping the guy um he played better as the year went along it's only one more year with him but i think we need a a stability as his first year transition i'm keeping him i'm gonna pay that you know that i'm gonna forego that 12 million dollar cap uh savings yeah, so let's talk about this a little bit because this is this is the main point. This is a very tough exercise that Joe Shane has led himself out for mm-hmm. is to create $40 million because it makes you make this decision. Now, it's not that easy. Um, and the reason why it's not that easy is because there's not – I don't like drafting corners in the first round. I think it's very difficult to say – who will and won't be a good corner in the NFL. And every time I think I've figured it out, I'm not always and, right. I mean, I'm, also, I'm usually right 50% of the time. And also and it takes a long time for these guys well, to that's develop. The other it's, thing. Not, yeah. it's not plug and play where you just, okay, you're a corner, go do it. It takes time to, like that first year, what you're getting is more lumps than success in that first year. Absolutely. You And that's kind of the, the pain in the ass. I mean, you look at James Bradbury, and he really wasn't worth the contract that he bought until towards the end of his initial deal. Mm-hmm. Um, so whenever you draft a guy super hard, there's a really good chance that you're that you're investing like two of years of their rookie contract into developing them for the NFL. And again, this is like a 50-50 shot for at least me. Uh, whenever I try to figure these guys out, I'll say like, these five corners are all going to be good in the NFL. Two or three of them actually end up being that way, and the other two or three are duds. I mean, they're not even like cl- – I mean, they're they're like backup level. It's really hard. So I don't like having to replace a James Bradbury with a draft pick. So if you're going to cut him, 
I don't know who you're signing to make that work because you can't rely on Rodarius Williams, who is a sixth-round pick, who mm-hmm. I don't want to take anything away from him. Certainly earned playing time very early last year, was very impressive, but still is coming off of an ACL tear in addition to that. Come on. That's the guy who's going to be starting next year, a six-round pick who has like three games under his belt and a worn-out ACL. That can't be... Now, this doesn't mean we're not going to draft a cornerback, period, like maybe uh, in the absolutely. third round or fourth again, round. Again, yeah. James Bradbury is only here for one more year if you decide to keep him anyway. So mm-hmm. this is a position that you're going to upgrade eventually, but you don't have to You don't have to get a starter this year if you keep him. You can get a guy that maybe you think can develop into a starter or you can get a backup level veteran to back everybody up or whatever and then really go for – I mean – I really have no problem spending money for a quality veteran quarterback. Corner. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I That's the one position. Spend the money, man. You know what you're getting most of the time. So this is like, I, I don't know how you can justify a roster at all and get rid of James Bradbury. It's really, 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 really difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, when I start looking at, at guys who might be in there and who can you I mean Jimmy Smith from Baltimore is already like 33 34 that's yeah, ancient corner terms I mean if we're building this thing we're rebuilding we're not that's the old thinking for the Giants that's when we're hanging on with Eli get a guy who's 33 for a year or two and cap be damned just bring him in we're not doing that anymore yeah, exactly. So if you're going to bring a guy in, you're going to have to bring somebody in that you think will be a future for this team, for this defense, whatever. Mm-hmm. So that means spending big. I mean, you're talking about a J.C. Jackson again. You're talking about Anthony Averitt, Charverius Ward. I mean, these are it's it's a to me you're you're just subtracting one guy for another guy, and maybe that works mm-hmm. if you mm-hmm. if you're spending for a guy that perfectly fits what. Martindale wants to do, and you can kind of make it so that it's not so much, not quite as much money. I don't really know. That can work, I guess, but you're really not going to end up saving that much. And it kind of speaks to this whole $40 billion and where that money, that extra money is going to be spent and tied up in. I don't really know. Mm. But to me, the easier thing to do here to really plan things out is to keep James Bradbury at all costs if you can. Yep. Safeties. Mm-hmm. I am gonna let Julian Love go. Interesting. Two and a half million. Yes, another sir. cut. Uh, that wasn't easy, and it kind of goes counterintuitive to my making sure that back end is protected. But we're in a pickle here. We're in a bind. We're trying to get to forty million, mm-hmm. and uh, you know. Well, they they kind of screwed themselves with Logan Ryan's uh, deal. Yeah, he's making a ton of money, and the dead cap is right up against the. The, the cap number so yeah the cap yeah, you get cap almost nothing for seven, cutting him. it's 775 for him so it's just uh I, I decided to roll with him instead uh then finally um riley dixon for 2.8 million we can't afford a 2.8 million dollar punter even though this even, offense may be punting quite a bit this year <laughs> but uh you can get a replacement level punter for cheaper than that yeah. and quite frankly what i would do we just signed this uh, jamie gillian Nine hundred and sixty-five million. I'd cut him too. <laughs> Seriously, I just think we have to. Uh, you know, you just get a bear for one year. You get a minimum salary guy to come in, punt, and we'll worry about it the year after. So they could choose thirty-seven point four. Thirty-seven point four. So I'm even. Even then, I'm not at forty million. But yeah. that's okay. His goal is to get to forty million, and. I'm sorry, but it came down to forty million or James Bradbury, and to me, well, no, it came down between three million and James Bradbury. You were you were closer, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm going to get ninety percent of that forty million dollars savings. I've made some hard cuts, but I've also made some tough decisions in who I'm keeping, and this is this is what I'm rolling with. Yeah, I think it's pretty good. I mean, the only positions that you really set yourself up where you got to do something right away, I would say tight end has to be done right away. Tackle, mm-hmm. absolutely. You, you well, we knew that already that anyway. Yeah. yeah, yeah. but again, we knew that already. But tackle, tight end, and then inside and outside linebacker. And I think you could make a, an argument for wide receiver and safety are, are secondary priorities mm-hmm. there with what you've done. And that's not impossible with the amount of draft picks they have. And with that extra money that they have, and especially since you don't have to spend any of that money on corners. Right. Um, so that, that's like another $15 million that they can spend on 
you know, an inside linebacker, an edge presence, a, a, a mm-hmm. backup tackle. You know what I mean? These things. Or draft. Or, <laughs> yeah. I mean, again, we're not as concerned about 2022. If you're drafting for these guys, you're giving them a year to get their feet wet, get developed, and then then we start seeing the real results in 2023. I'm 100% fine with that. So um, I'm not going to do mine by position. You, We have obviously a, a number of similar guys, right? So I'm mm-hmm. going to go by what was most obvious to me. And that's kind of – I started writing this before I even – it was mostly written in my head while I was working this morning. And then Boss, I, just, listen to I, this. I, put, I put all this down on paper afterwards or whatever on the screen on a document or whatever. And then I got the numbers out to see what else I needed to do. So this actually works out perfectly because we kind of already ran through the roster. So the first thing right off the bat, Blake Martinez, like I said, I had made that decision way back by week. That's eight and a half million right there. You got that? Are you uh, – here, I'll, I'll, I'll keep track of myself here. Oh, I supposed to be doing this? Oh, I no, it's okay. I got you. I got it. It's I didn't know it was a homework million. assignment. Okay. <laughs> um, Sterling Shepard is another one, four and a half million, somewhere around there, roughly, right? I operate, by the way, in estimations. You did exact numbers, and that's <laughs> awesome. I got, but I, I, you and I came to the same conclusion that forty is a number pulled out of the air. Get close right. to forty, right? right? And I, I didn't hit forty either, but I got close. Mm-hmm. So another four and a half for Sterling Shepard. All right, we're at the thirteen million. Kyle Rudolph is another one, right off my head. I knew he was gone. Five million bucks, right there. All right, we're up to eighteen million. Mm-hmm. Um, I did the same thing you did. And then that's when I started opening things up and looking at it a little bit. Devontae Booker, to me, we already discussed it. There's nothing wrong with him. There's nothing wrong with him making $2 million. It's just a problem with him making $2 million on this team. Uh, we just we cannot afford that production for $2 bucks. Mm-hmm. If that's the production we're getting, we need $1 million or less. Um, He's not Barry Sanders, guys. Yeah. He's Devontae Booker. Riley Dixon, $3 million. Get the hell off my roster. Sorry. I, I, again, you know, I don't really have a problem with the guy. I'm sure he's worth three million bucks for something, but it ain't punting mm-hmm. on the Giants. I'll say that. <laughs> right after that, O'Shane Ziminis, roughly a million bucks. Doesn't rush the passer, doesn't do anything, never liked the draft pick to begin with. Um, Wes Martin, another one that you said. Signed for two years last year when we desperately needed O-line help. We still do, but he's clearly not part of the future, and we're clearly going to invest a lot in it this year. million bucks right there. Trent Harris, same thing. I like the guy. He's actually pretty good for uh, where he came from, but, you know, sorry. Mm-hmm. It's not It's not enough. Matt Parrott, another one, million bucks. Can't beat out anybody. Injured at the end of the year. <laughs> Cut, cut losses. He's got no ties to this organization, and he was a high-risk, high-reward draft pick. At third round, he was either going to slam it. I mean, Jim Nagy went on went on record as saying that he might win the left tackle spot over Andrew Thomas, and I guess that was always the lofty ceiling that he could have reached, but instead he couldn't beat Nate Solder out at right tackle, and he's too much of a pansy to hit people. So he's not <laughs> on the Giants anymore. Not for me, and he isn't. Um, I was then in a pickle of choosing between Logan Ryan for 900K-ish or 775K, uh, mainly because I don't think he's part of this future either. But I wasn't going to get rid of him and Julian Love, who was $2.5 million. And, and to me, what I really thought about was, at the end of the day, we need to get a safety on this roster to pair with Xavier McKinney long-term. Neither one of Julian Love or Logan Ryan are probably those guys. But Julian Love has shown me that he can play versatile. He can play Jabril, he's played Jabril Pepper's spot already, and he looks pretty okay at it. I'm okay keeping Julian Love, and it, Logan Ryan ended up staying only because his fucking cap is so ridiculous that the savings are not worth it. So I ended up keeping all the safeties Um it was a tough – that was the last one which I thought about the longest. Am I going to get rid of – launch him or not? And I decided to in you know, thinking of total authority. That's the only reason why I did it. Um, and then you know, then I was stuck choosing between Darius Slayton and Caden Smith. To me, they're both expendable. But because of the tight end situation, I actually – I feel that Caden Smith offers more than Darius Slayton does. I think Darius Slayton is a little bit more diamond dozen than Caden Smith is, uh, which is, which is interesting. But – that's what I ended up doing. So I, I cut Darius Slayton, so that was $2.5 million right there. And that got me to 29.5, and it got me into some dark places here. Um, <laughs> Nick Gates was tough. Um, Interesting. 
Yeah, I think that the now I end, I didn't end up cutting him, but what I what I realized is that there's probably some level of negotiation there where you can probably work something out where you and, extend his contract or something. I mean, they, they have a good relationship between the Giants and him. He's coming off of a serious injury. I, I don't really know what it is you can do, but I think that there's probably something you can do there. And, and they're they're seeing his rehab and, and whatever, so I don't know his timetable and all that stuff. And in fairness for this exercise, we didn't consider contract renegotiations, cutting and re-signing, anything like that. It was just purely yeah. how are we trimming fat or trimming numbers, so – and I, I think there is a chance of cutting and re-signing with Nick Gates uh, okay. or, or something of that nature. Um, for the purposes of the exercise, let's cut the $2 million, But I, I think that there's something that can be done there. Um, okay. and, and I don't know what his situation is going to be like in terms of if he'll ever play again, if he'll ever play well again, or what. Um, the Giants have some level of insight into that. Graham Gano is somebody that I think is um, – he's a possible extension. Um, I think that – you could probably save a cool million somehow by extending it. And, and why the hell not? I mean, he's not kicking any worse. That he's kicking at well, a he's pro 35. Bowl level. He's, but he's a kicker. I mean, Phil yeah. Dawson's like 44 when he retired. I mean, and he's kicking. If he's still kicking at a Pro Bowl level, I'm not cutting this guy until you know he's an absolute cap casualty. Which, by the way, he's not making that much. He's making like three million, four million. Well, there's a negative one point, uh, negative 171,000 if you cut him. So well, yeah, so we're not cutting him anyway. But I, but I think he's on the books for the 2022 and 2023. I think you might be able to kick an extra year in there. His cap and, number this year is 4.6 million. Yeah. Yeah, and I think you can spread that out and save yourself about a million bucks there. So I have let's add 1.5 million for that too. So I'm at 33 now. Okay. And then where I ended up is that why can't we try to? Exp- extend James Bradbury. Now, I'm not big on kicking the can down the road, and I don't think that this this general well, management or anyone is going to do that. The but, only reason I didn't do any kickings down the cans of the road or whatever was he specifically said, I want to cut $40 million and I'm not kicking the can down the road. Right, but I... I but we also I, said forty, and, we, and neither of us got to exactly. Either, so I, I think I think I think that in general, what he means is that he doesn't want to make a bunch of solutions like that. But I think this is one where you might want to do it. We've already kind of discussed it. Getting rid of him detriments the team so much that I'm not even sure that we'll have a good insight on what the defense looks like. I don't know how you replace him without. And again, I don't know the specifics. I'm not very good at cap stuff. I don't know the logistics of cutting him for the $12 million savings and then signing some big-name guy like Anthony Averitt or Charverius Ward or whoever mm-hmm. to be of the future of this team. And if that works out with the cap, like I don't know what that cap hit would look like or if that's feasible. If that's feasible, fine. Because well, like think, you said, he's it's... going to turn 30 in two years. You know, I, I, I don't know. Well, yeah, again, I, I'm not sure how it works either, but I'm assuming if you, you know, Whatever bonuses you're gonna, most of it will probably be in bonus. So you can probably you can you know amortize that out for future years and spread it out a little bit. So it can't be an extension; it has to be a renegotiation starting with this year. Otherwise, you're not getting any savings this year. Right, 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 exactly. Mm-hmm. But oftentimes that that's by a renegotiation by adding a year and then spreading right. the, and the you, and you're starting exactly. the dividing by four instead of by by three. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I think that there's something that you might be able to do with James Bradbury to keep him around. And, and I don't – again, I think this is like out of necessity. I think they've just kind of backed themselves into this corner. Now, if mm-hmm. if they thi- – like I said, I don't know. If you can sign somebody that you think might be the future and that all works out with cutting him and signing somebody else, whatever. But I, I think you can shave $5 million off by renegotiating his contract and, and kicking an extra year on there. And it's one year for one player. I don't think that this is really kicking the can down the road so much as it's surviving next year. A lot of his kicking the can down the road, I think, is signing guys to longer with backloaded. And stuff yeah, too. exactly. Yeah. And I think if if you knock five million off, that puts me at about thirty-eight million. So you and I are pretty much around the same area, thirty-seven to thirty-eight million. And we've got a roster with few holes. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Well, well, then again, remember though, we're not going into the season on opening day with this roster. Exactly. But these are <laughs> these are holes that can be filled. Like I said, the tight end for me yeah. isn't as weak as you, but it still needs help. The offensive mm-hmm. line needs a ton of help. 
Um, you know, in the edge presence, the inside linebacker, we we picked most of the same. But we guys. knew those. Like again, there's going to be a two part plan how they're going to rebuild this roster. Immediate replacement guys to get people on the field that can play, as well as, you know, drafting elite talent that will replace that and be for the future of this team too. Oh, and I I didn't cut Brunson, and I should have. I completely looked over him to be honest with you. That's eight hundred seventy-four thousand. It's yeah. nearly a million right there. It's even less stuff you have to shave off of Brad Barry's contract. Or maybe that gets you to about thirty-five million, and maybe thirty-five is close enough for Joe Shane. I don't know. You know something that forty million. Who knows? He might have just threw that out there. It's like a uh, a trial balloon to see what will the how will the media react, how will the fans react, how will people like us react. Maybe it's no sense in actually, you know, that's a pretty aggressive number. It, yeah, it really is. I mean. Who knows? I, I doubt that's a uh, dictated from ownership that you have to cut you know this much or anything. I'd rather him be saying. He also doesn't say that you need to. You don't. He also doesn't say you need to cut forty million up front. Right. I mean, they only need to cut about eleven million to get under the cap. That's all they need to do right away. Right. And we very the other did that. thirty million that he wants to do can happen after you make draft picks and you decide who wins position battles. Right. So, I mean, this exercise, this is not going to be he's going to cut $40 million before the draft, much the same way that we cooked this episode and up in 24 hours. And there's rollovers in uh, cap space, right? Let's, let's say we're $25 million under the cap. You can roll it over to next year, right? I, I, yes, but I don't know if it's the full amount, and I think you have to hit a floor, and there's all sorts of cap rules I don't know, and I should have went gotcha. to law school. Um, yeah. But that's it. I mean, we both kind of got close. It was um, – yeah. we could both be Kevin Abrams, I guess. <laughs> um, We're better than Matt Millen, that's for sure. Hey, how about that? <laughs> All right, so that's going to kind of do it for this episode, and that's it until the draft stuff. So that means starting next week we are doing position-by-position position draft work, and I'll give you a hint. We're not starting with quarterbacks. Starting no. with safeties. We're going to start with safeties. Um, I decided to keep it interesting and kind of grouped together as best I could. And also I tried to backload things that have lots of players so I can watch as many guys as I can to come as knowledgeable as I can to these episodes. So I've been working hard at this episode that you haven't even heard yet, that isn't coming out, that we haven't even recorded yet. I've been yeah. working at four weeks already. He's the video guy on the spreadsheet guy, so... Uh... Yeah, I'll line him up. He'll knock him down for us. There you go. Like that. Set him up and spike him. All right, everybody. I appreciate you all tuning in. If you are listening on YouTube, that's awesome. Please subscribe. That is totally awesome for us. And if you're just listening in the car on you know uh, iTunes or SoundCloud or Spotify or whatever, that's equally awesome. Give us a five star review if you thought that this was pretty good. That yeah. would rule too. And uh, if you just like talking to people on social media, we're there too. At football underscore grump, at the cranky fan. Um, I don't know anything for the good people, cranky fan. I'm going to Nashville this weekend for the Winter Classic to see my lightning. That's Bragging. that's exciting. And I won't be going to any Nick games this week, which is even more exciting. <laughs> Thank God. Yeah, I don't have anything exciting. I just uh, I just work on this stuff. So good work, um, oh, man. But the good news is, is that for those of you who don't watch it. Little clips from the episodes, they'll be on Twitter, so follow us on Twitter too, so you'll get the little video and all that other fun stuff. Yep. Alright, everyone, we will see you next time. Go Giants! Go Giants.